Well, good morning, and thank you for tuning in to Fantasy Frenzy, presented by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, Alberta's best beef jerky. Locations in Spruce Grove, Leduc, and right here at West Edmonton Mall, WilhawkBeefJerky.com. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here on this Monday morning, live from West Edmonton Mall, talking all things fantasy sports for the next hour or so. One Sunday down in the NFL. Hope you guys all had a great weekend. Tough one for me personally. Survivor pool. I'm out. Fantasy football. One and one. Chargers lost. Hope you guys had a little bit better success rate than I did. Uh, Douglas, I know you had the you had the Commanders to win, right? I did. That so is you, where I settled. And despite what we talked about last week, I did not put in a second uh, <laughs> entry. I left that one blank. It was just a test to yeah. enter it. But yes, my one pick was the the Commanders who, man, they made me nervous. Yeah. They made me nervous. There was a lot of Commanders picks in our pool that I think people were maybe a little bit on edge. A lot of Ravens. That was a safe pick as well. But I think for the first half, it was kind of like, they're not going to blow this, are they? But a lot of you hanging around. I think 90 people were knocked out of the... The Seahawks, the Vikings, kind of the big culprits from week one. Uh, our, our survivor pool is going to be fun. I kind of thought, though, you know, hey, Connor, you can't win anyways. You might as well get out week one and then just commentate on how things are going and, you know, critique people. But congratulations to everyone who advanced in our survivor pool. Don't forget to make your picks, and uh, hopefully you go on a long, prosperous run. If you want to get in on the conversation, one 401 we're going to be talking all things fantasy sports here. Uh, if you've got any questions regarding other topics, other sports, feel free. We can do that as well. You can also get a hold of us the old-fashioned way on the old email, Connor at 14 or sports1440.ca, Brandon at sports1440.ca on Twitter, at Connor Halley at B underscore A underscore D 1727, and our official show page at Fantasy Frenzy AM. Today on the show, we're going to introduce a, a segment we might whip out every Monday, uh, you know. Who let you down? We'll talk a little fantasy sports. Who was it that uh, cost you your fantasy football matchup? Uh, you can confess. Let us know at the text line. What went wrong for you in week one? I have one that I'll get to, and I, I think it might be a common one for people out there, uh, but we shall see. Also, we'll be joined by John and Macri of Pro Football Focus. Uh, take his questions. Maybe you got some some questions for him about what you should be doing tonight if the game's closed. Is there any waiver wires you can pick up? And, uh, I mean, my question, for the guys who did struggle in week one, are there more serious concerns for them? Or is it just week one? And, you know, that's how things go sometimes in fantasy sports. Uh, Brandon, why don't we start off with who let you down? Because I, I've got one for me. And honestly, I, I was projected to win this matchup. And I'm just going to bring it up here. Had a had an okay week outside. Austin Eckler was great for me. I had Calvin Ridley. Had uh, Madison with the Vikings. But uh, Joe Burrow in this league for me, 3.18 points. Not good enough against Cleveland. Uh, the Browns obviously went on to win that game 24-3, to but Joe Burrow finishing with 82 passing yards. One rush attempt for minus one yard and uh, no touchdown. So 3.18 in that matchup, all I needed was, you know, seven more points. So if he could have finished with 10, a very average performance, I, I could have hypothetically won that matchup. Had Trevor Lawrence on the bench. That's my bad. Uh, Brandon, how about you? Any any mistakes that you made in week one of fantasy football? The only real mistake I made, I think, was, and I just mentioned this with Kevin just before the top of the hour, was you know actually playing Kadarius Tony despite what I told, <laughs> it, told myself and everybody listening last week. Uh, because outside, like, my teams were terrible, and I lost both my matchups. 
but it wasn't a matter of mismanagement. Like the only I could have maybe uh, added a few more points by swapping out one or two players, but it was just like bad performances across the board. And it was kind of week one football across the NFL, a little sloppy, lots of turnovers, tons of penalties, uh, Tate bringing big plays back in a couple different situations. So if I were to pinpoint a couple, uh, a couple players specifically, probably a few of my running backs across different leagues. Uh, I had Jamal Williams in as a starting running back thinking he would get a ton of action yeah. with both rookie Kendra Miller um, out and uh, and Alvin Kamara serving suspension. He had a, a very disappointing day, only six points. Uh, Rashad White, despite Tampa surprising the Bucks, he was virtually a non-factor in that game. Um, and even Justin Herbert, I mean, he had an okay day, but they this new offense that Kellen Moore is uh, implementing a lot more running the ball mm-hmm. and it's it's frustrating when you also have Mike Williams as one of your receivers and just seeming seemingly a hesitancy and almost like disregard for going deep to a guy that is one of the best in the league at going up for those jump balls and he came up big with a couple like third down conversions and stuff it, it just that's that's what fantasy sports is about being frustrated watching it thinking why aren't they doing these things that look to have success more often. And I, and I, I know every, every time I bring one of these up, it's just another um, spitting in your wounds of, of the Chargers' <laughs> loss yesterday. But, uh, yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a tough weekend for me overall uh, on the fantasy market. Yeah, I'm going to hear that on Gregor's show today, so I'm going to kind of minimize that. But, no, for sure, Mike Williams, he, he took a, a headshot early in the game. It, it, you know, legally... It, it, there was nothing wrong with it, but it, it seemed like kind of a shady play. The defensive player kind of launched into Williams' head, took him out for a bit, and you're right. I, I thought Kellen Moore's offense was going to be pushing the ball downfield, but yesterday it was like, uh, let's run the ball. Unless we're pinned inside our five, then we'll throw it three straight times. Anyways, we don't need to hear me ranting about the Chargers. Uh, another mistake I made, I, I had the Niners defense in both leagues, and in one league I thought, you know what? The Rams aren't very good. So on top of me picking Seattle to win in my uh, survivor pool or our survivor pool, I also started their defense where they got one point. Had I started the Niners like I intended to, I would have won that matchup. So let us know. one 401 1440 Put that in your phone. Save it under the 1440 text line. It'll be a lot easier. Uh, Twitch says Chase and Singletary in. Pittman and Algier on my bench. Yeah, Pittman, he took that little screen for a 40-yard touchdown. I had him in one of my leagues. Uh, Chase and Singletary. Chase, I thought that whole game, he's going to take a little slant pass for 40 yards, touchdown. Like, it's coming. The play is coming. It just never did. Uh, Down by 10 points, James Cook left to play. I was running away with things until the Dallas defense got 35 points from Lindsey. 35 points from the Dallas defense? In Kevin's league, where it's uh, defense and special teams uh, combined, 49 points, Kevin said, for the team that had the Cowboys defense and special teams, which is just a ludicrous number. That would have, uh, like I talked about how bad my couple of my teams were. Yeah. That would have almost beat me single-handedly, very nearly. That's amazing. Uh, Tomato Soup says, I had 147.47 points to win week one on the backs of Mahomes and McCaffrey. Another game going on in our league was... Won by the Dallas defense, 32 points. Unheard of usually. Yeah, 32 points from the Dallas defense. That's amazing. If you had them, I mean, you you won. Like, how do you lose with a 32-point performance from a defense? Uh, we have Joseph says, first time fantasy player, I optimized my lineup, and they benched Ayuk, and then benched. Uh, need Diggs to get 145 points, and I have a chance. I mean, hey. Stephon Diggs is a heck of a player. 145 points, though. <laughs> Might be a tough one. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk. We, I did a draft in here the Monday before we got going, and you and Declan were kind of standing alongside with me, and I said Ayuk, and I, I think there was some, some criticism there. 
I, I, I definitely would have pushed back on that. I, I didn't think, and you said it to me at the time, like he is an incredibly talented player. It's just that San Francisco offense, it's week to week who is going to get the targets, the touches. And, and yesterday it was Ayuk. And so it, he might be a bit of a feast or famine type uh, player and kind of pick your spots, maybe where you're going to start him. But yesterday, he, I I didn't check the, the overall numbers here this morning because since we do still have Monday Night Football ahead, but mm-hmm. uh, come tomorrow's uh, morning reports from your, your fantasy apps, I I think Ayuk might be a front runner for the highest performing per, per, per player pardon me, of the weekend. Yeah, and I think what you said there was really good. Feast or famine. Like it, one week he could absolutely go off and then he might struggle for a little bit. I think, you know, the positive sign is that Brock Purdy probably still looking for his guy. And those plays, the second touchdown Ayuk scored, it was kind of just like, uh, I'm going to throw it up there and then go make a play. And he did it against Patrick Peterson. And I think that's kind of the thing that builds your confidence in a receiver. So that, that could be an encouraging note. Obviously, teams now... See Brandon Ayuk probably get a game plan for him, but uh, thought it was a pretty good performance by him. Uh, Noel says, hey, boys, great show. Your thoughts on Anthony Richardson from Indy. Does he turn into my guy surpassing Cousins in mini? He right now, I mean, you look at the statistics for Anthony Richardson. He's got to learn to slide because he took that big shot right at the end of the game there. Gardner Minshew had to go in uh, 223 passing yards, a touchdown, an INT. Uh, averaged four yards on the ground, finished with 40 yards and a touchdown. I think he's kind of kind of like Justin Fields with that. Even though his passing stats might not be out of this world, his ability to run the ball could make him a serviceable quarterback. I don't know if he surpasses Kirk Cousins because, I mean, Justin Jefferson, we saw Addison get in there with the touchdown, Hawkinson. I mean, they've got some nice weapons, and they're going to push the ball downfield with uh, O'Donnell. Is it O'Donnell or O'Connell, the head coach there? It seems like they want to move the ball downfield. So I don't know if he'll surpass it, but I think I think he's got potential as a nice number two, just in case. Yeah, like if you're in a super flex league or something like that where you are going two quarterbacks, I think he's a great great second option and we've we've discussed at length uh, about the three rookie quarterbacks that made their first starts yesterday uh, and leading up to it last week I I think all three of them showed flashes of what makes them enticing and just as fantasy options I think right now probably Richardson sets himself apart as a guy you can confidently put in and maybe a QB two spot if you're in the super flex I'm I'm in a single QB league i don't think he's cracking into starter uh, territory um, on a week-to-week basis, that is. And, and yeah, you mentioned Cousins, and uh, he, him and the Vikings uh, epitomized disappointing teams from yesterday, <laughs> losing to the Buccaneers, who come out with a lot of gumption um, in the new Baker Mayfield era in Tampa Bay underway. I'm not I'm not uh, taking that uh, cheese, though, falling into that rat trap, because we saw Baker Mayfield do something similar his first game with the Rams, yeah. and the rest of that season did not go nearly as swimmingly. So uh, I need a few, I need a little more game tape on Baker Mayfield to, to buy into what the Bucks are selling after week one. Yeah, I think that's kind of always been the the story with Baker Mayfield. Like, he gets there, it's, it's them against the world, but then the longer it goes on, it doesn't seem to continue. So, yeah, I mean, I love his weapons down there. You know, it, it's it's a real nice offense that they have, but will it continue? Uh, great point here coming in from Cal and Red here. It was hilarious to see Dak's point total of like six. Yeah, I guess if you had Dak and you didn't watch that game, you turn on the score at half, you know, or at the end of the game, let's say 40 nothing. Oh, baby, Dak probably threw at least two touchdowns to CeeDee Lamb. No, he had 143 passing yards and uh, finished with five fantasy points on CBS. Tony Pollard, 
22 fantasy points. He had the two touchdowns. Uh, C.D. Lamb, okay performance, 77 receiving yards. But yeah, that that would be a tough one because the Cowboys' offense was proficient. Their defense obviously stole the show. But f- five points out of your fantasy quarterback in a 40 nothing win, that'd be tough to swallow, I think. Oh, God. (laughs) Especially if you're in a situation where, like, you're going into that Sunday night game, maybe you're in a close matchup and you have Dak Prescott and, um, like, and put yourself in the situation of of where I was last night where I only watched the first quarter of the game um, and then come in at the intermission of my beer league hockey game and just pull out my phone and check the just the score. Yeah. And you see where that at and you're thinking, oh, yeah, I'm in a great spot. And then you actually open the fantasy app and see that Prescott has done virtually nothing for you. The, 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 to, Crestfallen is the name that comes to, or the word that comes to mind immediately to describe that feeling. Uh, difficult, difficult to see for for Dak and the Cowboys' offense. Yeah, for sure. Cowboys fans happy. Forty nothing. Probably can't get much better against a divisional rival. Saw someone in the building today with a Demarcus Ware jersey. They couldn't tell who it was, but uh, yeah, Cowboys fans certainly happy. This one comes in from Spaghetti Pollard, Jones, Jefferson, and Dallas defense. Easy win of the week. 160 points. My other team finished with 80 points. Terrible. I mean, that's kind of seems to be how it goes. I don't know. It'd be great if both your teams could put up points. I guess you need similarities for both teams. One of the things, like, I, I think I draft sometimes with the similar players. Like, if I can, obviously, you want to have a few similarities, kind of go off on a week and win both leagues. But, yeah, 160 points. That's pretty impressive. Uh, we had Mike D saying some people are putting in four entries into the survivor pool. I saw one person who had 10 entries and I believe four of the entries. Hey, there's low tide walking through the mall. Four of the entries were the Baltimore Ravens. I'm like, that kind of defeats the purpose of doing 10 entries. Like what if the Ravens lost and you lose four teams right off the hop, but they won. So, and I didn't. So this person knows more than I do, but I'm just saying if I had 10 picks, I think at least seven of them would have made it through. At least seven. Uh, Brandon, I want to talk about, we'll bring up the Dolphins-Chargers game. Tua Tungavailoa. I I don't know if too many people looked at him as a starting quarterback in fantasy football, but after seeing what he did yesterday with that offense, like Jalen Waddle didn't do a whole lot, but Tyree Kill in motion uh, when the ball is snapped, he's already going like 60%, which is faster than the majority of the league. And then he hits the turbos and he's gone. I mean, I don't know how you slow that down. I think Tua Tagovailoa might might be getting a few more starts this week. How do you stop it? He's the he's the fastest man alive. Tyree Kill is, and he has the nickname Cheetah for a reason. <laughs> it's and you said this as you came in, uh, still a little uh, sour about the game's result, yeah. but it's. It's, it's a lot to do with what the Dolphins and Mike McDaniels is scheming up down there uh, for the offense. that They're executing incredibly well, but this Chargers defense that just can't seem to get out of their own way sometimes, they have a ton of talent on it, but I don't know if it's a matter of, uh, of scheme or play calling or what, but I, I say how do you stop Tyree Kill? There has to be ways because the Dolphins have been stopped in the mm-hmm. past, going back to last season, even when Tua was still uh, healthy in the lineup. So it's, uh, it's going to be getting a lot of attention going into next week about specifically game planning against that. Um, but in terms of Tua moving forward, yeah, he, after a performance like that, you have to at least get some consideration if he's a, your backup quarterback on your fantasy team. And he made some great throws uh, to Braxton Berrios rolling out. He, he made some very impressive throws. And it, you know what? If his arm strength was like 5% stronger, 
He has two more touchdowns because he hits Waddle and Tyree Kill for like 60-yard touchdowns. Just a little bit underthrown, but his accuracy, his decision-making, uh, fantastic in week one. And I will just quickly say about the Chargers, uh, they had a better performance last year against the Dolphins without Derwin James and or, and uh, Joey Bosa. It's like simplify the defense, Brandon Staley. Stop trying to change the game. You've got the pieces. But anyways, uh, one more text coming in here from Spaghetti. J.K. Dobbins was my number one draft fan. He see mistake. Took a chance. It lasted half a game. Poor guy. 100%. J.K. Dobbins looks like it's uh, Achilles. That's uh, He's had some injury problems. That's going to be tough to bounce back from. But uh, that's fantasy football, baby. Sucks. It, it, it's, it sucks for you. It's a lot worse for J.K. Dobbins. That's uh, a tough break for he and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll get to our fantasy wizards. Uh, we're going to be talking uh, more fantasy football, of course. We've got uh, John Macri of Pro Football Focus who will join us. You're listening to Fancy, Fantasy Frenzy brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky here on Sports 1440. We're back on Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. The show presented by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky. Check it out, wilhawkbeefjerky.com. If you want to get in on the conversation, 1-833-401-1440. Also, make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at Fantasy Frenzy AM. Talking all things fantasy sports. Uh, later on in the week, we will get to a little bit of the NHL conversation. We'll do some NBA let us know if there's anything else you guys want to get into here on the program. Right now, we're going to get to our Fantasy Wizard brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Join the CBH Monday, Thursday, and Sunday for football games and awesome prizes. You can qualify for a trip to win to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas tonight. I'll be at the Lewis Estates location as the Bills taking on the New York Jets. Should be a fun one. Come down, join me. Potentially, I'll buy you a beer. Potentially, you you get a chance to qualify for a trip to the Super Bowl. Brandon, you were at the Ellerslie location on Thursday. Uh, if you can, set up the atmosphere. What can people win simply by attending? So the the details, are, so they're a little scattered to me, but at the end of the day, each time you put your name in the draw, and you can double your entries if you have the app on your phone. So just download oh. that before you go, and you get double entries on it. Um, great specials on with the beer, with some food, uh, you name it. And then you get a chance to win a tickets to the Super Bowl in Vegas, tickets to a home opener of your choosing next season, and then like the consolation prize is a 70-inch TV, which, hey, that's not a bad thing to watch the <laughs> Super Bowl on if uh, if you don't end up getting to go. So, uh, yeah, tons of great stuff up for grabs of the Canadian Brew House, and the, the atmosphere is great. All the staff is super, super friendly, super helpful, and uh, really awesome place to watch the game. Beautiful. Okay, let's bring in our guest, John Macri of Pro Football Focus. You can give him a follow on Twitter at PFF underscore Macri. John, thanks so much for doing this today. How are you doing? I'm doing good, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me. Doing good. Well, I really appreciate you hopping on here. Okay, my first question for you is, I saw you on a podcast, and I noticed behind you was a 33 Derwin James jersey. Are you a Chargers fan, or is that just, are you a fan of the look? I'm, I'm a Derwin James fan. Okay. Uh, I don't, surprisingly, I don't really have, like, an NFL team that I, I actively root for. I, I root for players more than anything, which I guess uh, suits my, my fantasy Um <laughs> analyst position uh, because I don't have loyalties to one specific team and, and just try to <laughs> root for, for players to do well. Okay, see I'm a Chargers fan so I saw that and I got a little excited um, nice. I, I was a little frustrated yesterday as you can imagine but we'll move on to the, the actual fantasy questions here. So uh, John, week one I, I mean, I, I think Pat McAfee on the show has his overreaction Monday and that seems to be a big thing in fantasy sports obviously a lot of people panicking uh, the Joe Burrow owners, potentially a few others. Uh, is, is there anyone 
anyone out there that struggled in week one that you think that could just be a sign of more things to come? Or do you expect bounce back performances from most of these guys? So expecting bounce backs, I would say from most of them, the one there, there's a couple that are concerning, right? Like I think looking at the Falcons um, specifically because Kyle Pitts was somebody that obviously we know super talented. The usage last year was always frustrating. Um, somehow that usage actually got worse worse in, in week one here where we saw him participate on just 61% of the offensive snaps. Now, he was involved more in the passing game as, as far as route participation goes. He did participate on, on 91% of the routes run, but just three targets in the game. He went two for 44. Um, he did have, like a, I think, a 26-yard uh, completion wiped away by a penalty, but that 61% of offensive snap usage is one that definitely concerns me, and I think that's something to kind of monitor going forward because that was always kind of the risk going into the season with Kyle Pitts is that usage in Arthur Smith's offense, and so far it's not off to a great start. John, was there anyone that surprised you, maybe someone who might have been flying under the radar that you think could continue this hot play? So the one I think that stands out for me, just the entire Rams offense specifically, but Puka Nakua, the wide receiver there, uh, I believe he was a fifth or sixth round rookie, 15 targets, basically doing his best Cooper Cup impersonation while Cooper Cup is on injured reserve, I thought was incredibly encouraging, at least for um, – you know, going forward while well, Cooper Cup is, is away on IR and he's expected to miss at least three more games. So definitely a positive there. I mean, look, 42.9% target rate is not a sustainable number, but it at least shows that Matthew Stafford was looking for him often and, and willing to throw him the ball. And, I, you know, he had a couple drops, but I thought he had, I thought he played well enough to be somebody that we should be looking at on waiver wires and, and be trusting going forward. John Mackey, our guest here on Fantasy Frenzy. He's a fantasy analyst for Pro Football Focus. John, yeah, you mentioned Nakua is, is probably a name that's going to be at the top of people's uh, waiver priority list. Are there any other names from across the league that you think uh, people should be looking to put claims in for here over the next couple of days? Yeah, I think, I mean, even just staying uh, in Los Angeles with the Rams, I think Kyron Williams, who, you know, kind of took over that, that lead back role from. Uh, from Cam Akers, we, we kind of expected Akers to start the year as the clear RB1 for the Rams, but that didn't really happen. Uh, Kyron Williams dominated the, the two-minute drill snaps. He, he handled the large majority of the third-down snaps. Um, well, there was only one short yardage snap, but he took that, split the goal line work with Cam Akers as well, um, and, and dominated the early down snap. So Kyron Williams is somebody that I would also be looking at in this Rams offense, and I mean, the Rams, look, they, they surprise a lot of people, so that's why we got two um, offensive players on, as waiver wire targets this week, but I think uh, I think Kyron Williams could definitely be worth it, um, to it for people looking for, you know, an RB1 potentially because it, it's hard to find those guys um, on the waiver wire every week. Shifting our focus to tonight's Monday Night Football game between the Jets and the Bills. A lot of hype around Aaron Rodgers making his debut. Uh, but I got a question for anybody that might have maybe drafted both Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid getting a little handcuff action. Uh, which of these two guys do you think is the more likely uh, target to, to kind of break out tonight? So I think just as far as upside goes, 
Kincaid kind of strikes me as the guy to target um, just because he has the better receiving profile. And, you know, they've talked about the usage with him potentially using him more on the slot and in that kind of Travis Kelsey-esque role. So I think just as far as upside goes, Kincaid would be the one that I'm targeting. But I feel like the usage is going to be fairly even here. Um, we'll see what happens tonight, obviously. But there's going to be, I think, situational usage between these guys. And I think the part that could hurt, potentially hurt Kincaid is if they use Dawson Knox in the red zone a little bit more and maybe potentially taking away some of those uh, touchdown opportunities for Kincaid. So I think that could limit the ceiling. But, you know, we'll see what the usage looks like tonight. I think uh, Kincaid has been the one that I've been going after a little bit more, though. Pro football folks is John Macri joining us here on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. Uh, how about when it comes to running back Brees Hall? We know he burst on the scene last year for the Jets and then suffered that big injury. He's listed as questionable. I saw that he practiced in full on Saturday. Uh, would you be hesitant to start Hall tonight? I think in most leagues, I'm probably just in a like kind of a wait and see mode with Brees Hall. It does sound like um, just listening to what the team was talking about leading up to this game this week, that they're expected to kind of lean on Dalvin Cook a little bit more. Dalvin Cook also coming off a shoulder injury, so we'll see how much of that kind of um, remains to be true. But I, I, I like Brees Hall for this season. I think he obviously has the talent. He showcased that last year before the injury. So I, I think it's, it's very likely that they start the season off by easing him into, into the game plan. And then as the season wears on, we could potentially be looking at the takeover for him as far as snaps and usage goes so this week i'm probably in wait and see mode where i can afford to bench him but um, i do still like brace hall for this year now i was just looking at the jets uh, injury list there and tackles mckay becton and dwayne brown both listed as questionable does that concern you at all you know your two tackles battling something going through some injuries uh, as far as it goes when it comes to aaron Rodgers and potentially some of the receivers there I think it definitely could. Um, you know, look, the, the Bills' defensive line, even without Von Miller, some strong options there. They brought, they brought in Leonard Floyd. Um, Gregory Rousseau in year three, I believe it is for him, um, are some really strong players off the edge. So it could potentially cause some issues um, in the backfield. Aaron Rodgers has been pretty good at um, maneuvering the pocket and, and staying away from pressure and still being able to get the ball to his receivers. So I worry about it less for Aaron Rodgers as I would for maybe other quarterbacks in the NFL, but it's definitely something to kind of keep an eye out for because obviously, you know, if there's no time to throw the ball, then it's hard to get the the ball to your receivers. So um, it's something to watch out for if if those tackles can't stay healthy for longer than this week too. John Macri from Pro Football Focus, our guest here on Fantasy Frenzy on Sports 1440. John, uh, one last one for me for you. You, of course, uh, with Pro Football Focus, have access to some really deep dive on numbers and analytics uh, from around the game of football. And and you, on your Twitter page, you you tweet a lot of them out about usages and snap counts and, and things like that. How much do you see real correlation between some of these numbers that you dig up and have access to uh, to actual results on the field? And and um, it, can people find that information somewhere to then put it towards their own fantasy teams? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, some of the, the main stuff that I'm, I'm kind of looking for that we have to is how we're just thinking about specific ones. First, looking at how wide receivers, for example, um, perform against certain coverages, uh, performing, performance against man coverage specifically or single coverage one-on-one with a cornerback. Um, we have we have that up on our premium stats uh, on the website. And 
that success against man coverage specifically translates to strong fantasy production as well, and it can help us kind of identify some of the potential breakout wide receivers as well who maybe don't have the the high-end stats early in their career, but you see some of this usage, the receiving grades against man coverage, for example, um, and and success against man coverage can predict for, for future years as well, it tends to be one of the more stable um, metrics to rely on. So that, that's kind of one of the main ones that I'm looking at for, for fantasy purposes. And, and I'll be writing up a, a wide receiver performance uh, chart, uh, how these guys perform against man and zone all season long as well to kind of hopefully highlight some of the matchups to take advantage of because it will also look at which defenses deploy more of those coverages too. John, we'll uh, keep our eyes open for that. Thank you so much for joining us on the program today. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. There you go. That is John Macri of Pro Football Focus. Give him a follow on Twitter where you can see these articles and these statistics at PFF underscore Macri. That's M-A-C-R-I. Our Fantasy Wizard brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. I will be at the Lewis Estates location tonight. We'll be hooking people up, hopefully, with a chance to go to the Super Bowl, a chance to win tickets to the home opener next season of your choice, or a huge 70-inch TV Drink specials, food specials, maybe I'll buy you a beer. Come on down to Lewis Estates Canadian Brew House. I was just thinking about that, and I mean, going to a, a season opener would be so cool, especially if you get to choose which team. I think I might go for like a, a stadium that I really just want to check out. Like That might be one where I say, Lambo. I want to go see the Packers home opener because I can go to SoFi whenever. But a chance to go see the Green Bay Packers at Lambo, especially if you make it a weekend, you get the tour on the Saturday or something like that. I think I... I mean, it, it might not be the best as like a Homer fan, but I think that would be cool. Yeah, and, and I think you bring up a good point, like at a place like Lambo where the weather is not always great. So whether you're a Packers fan or not, and it's just like a football uh, fan checklist to go and see a game at Lambo or go experience a Buffalo Bills tailgate, <laughs> yeah. doing one of those things during uh, a home opener, yes, the, the anticipation and the hype is very high at the start of the year, regardless of maybe the outlook on your team. Um, but you're also, by going for the first home game of the season, avoiding hopefully some of that nastier weather that can roll through a place like uh, Buffalo or Green Bay, which are both well-renowned for, for great home game environments. Where would you go? Would you go Houston? No, I think for the same reason you said about LA. It's like NRG Stadium, and it's it's new, it's great, it's, mm-hmm. it's all this uh, flash, but you can go there anytime, I think, and get the same kind of experience. So I, I think Buffalo would probably be right at the top of my list just because because, like I said, the Bills tailgating and, and these Bills fans, Bills Mafia, they're unparalleled. And you got to experience that in the flesh in a home opener. The, 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 the energy's never higher than right there. Let us know. one 401 If you won that prize back from the Canadian Brew House, which you could potentially do, you just have to join us at one of the locations for Monday, Thursday Night Football, where would you go for a home opener? Is it a historic one? Do you just want to go see your home team? I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't blame you if you did that, but uh, an opportunity to get a chance to go see some Green Bay Packers, oh, Kansas City Chiefs game. I know they got great barbecue there, and their stadium's unbelievable. I think that would be very cool. Let us know at the text line. Uh, one text here before we get to break from Tomato Soup. I grabbed Chuba Hubbard and then put him on my bench. I think he's going to get quality touches and make some plays. He got 13.8 points yesterday and projected only to get 5.9. He's a good sleeper policy from Tomato Soup. I mean, hey, I'm never going to judge anyone for grabbing Chuba Hubbard, uh, friend of the Jason Greger show. He's been on. Uh, we've had him. We've interviewed him on this in this market a bunch of times. Great guy. Um, Miles Sanders, 
he's there, right, with the Carolina Panthers. I don't think he's going to carry the load ever. So I think as a backup, Chuba Hubbard's a great pickup. I, I was very surprised by his usage in, in week one and just how many touches he did get and, and Carolina looking to deploy maybe a split back type policy. Um, Miles Sanders, he's had a lot of uh, a lot of hype and a lot of potential basically his whole career thus far, uh, starting with the – or back with the Eagles, I should mm-hmm. say, and, and now landing in Carolina of a fresh start and a totally new-look offense with a new head coach, new quarterback. I, I think it's going to be a real feeling-out process, and, and if Chuba Hubbard can keep getting – touches like he did yesterday yeah by all means I, I think he's a great uh, a great backup option yeah and I mean you know we'll put our our biases aside because I think uh, you know everyone up here is rooting for him and wants to see him get these opportunities uh, but he's got that game-breaking speed and I you know it, it looks like he's bulked up a little bit which is obviously going to help um, but yeah, I mean, the Carolina Panthers with their rookie quarterback, there's going to get to a point where I think he's going to start slinging it around the field. But right now they do want to run the ball. And Chuba Hubbard, he had nine carries for 60 yards. He busted off a 21-yarder. Um, he's a guy that they could get involved in the passing game. Uh, didn't really work out too great yesterday for them. But for sure, I mean, hey, if you're in a deep enough league and you need a, a quality guy, I, I think that Chuba Hubbard could be. And we'll see. We'll see if that will continue for the Carolina Panthers. I uh, watched a little bit of that game. I saw Bryce Young take a hit, and I thought, oh, my goodness. He, his size really showed. At the college level, obviously, he was still a smaller guy, but at the pro game, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see how he holds up through the entirety of a regular NFL season and beyond. I will take a break here. It is Fantasy Frenzy brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you on Sports 1440. If you want to get in on the conversation, one 833 401-1440. We threw out the question. If you were going to go see one home opener next season, which team would it be and why? Where do you want to go and watch a home opener? Uh, lots of great options. Let us know at the text line. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll get to that and more here on Fantasy Frenzy on Sports 1440. Welcome back to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas alongside with you. If you want to join the conversation, you can text into one 401 this show presented by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Edmonton's and Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Sherwood, or Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Wall, wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Want to let you guys know, coming up next here on Sports 1440, we do have the lowdown with Low Tide. Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News will join them to talk a little NFL. Jason Greger, he'll be on too. I believe Gregor will be doing Monday hits with Alan Mitchell from the lowdown with Low Tide, and then Low Tide will do Friday hits with us. So a little cross promotion there today on the Jason Gregor show. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun one. Of course, we have uh, Terry Ryan co-hosting from three till six. We'll also be joined by Robin Brownlee of Oilers Nation. We've got Andy Petrillo from CBC Sports hopping on around four o'clock. Mark Spector, as always, at five, and uh, our executive producer Brad Slater getting Robbie Shrimp. Robbie Shrimp, man, this guy's like Mr. Worldwide now. I think he was in Europe last year. We might have an announcement for a, a very big-time uh, former Elks quarterback as well. Uh, but yeah, Robbie Shrimp, he was in Europe. Now he's in Hong Kong with the Junior Tigers. So we'll talk about his new role there, of course. Uh, a fan favorite, I would say, from his time in Edmonton. Uh, Brandon, you're a little bit younger, 
But do you remember Robbie Shrimp and like the hype train that was around him? The, I remember the hype train specifically. Of course, the the goal, like the shootout goal at uh, was it a training camp or a yeah. rookie camp or something? That was pretty much that set everything in motion for the Robbie Shrimp hype. Which you know, it's un, it's unfair sometimes what we do to players as fans because of you know what you do at a practice or, or just what gets <laughs> caught on camera because. I don't think Robbie Shrimp was ever quite equipped to maybe fill the shoes that, that were built for him by the fan base after that. Um, but from everything that you hear around uh, around the business stuff, just like a top-shelf guy, and I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to him on the Gregor Show later today. Yeah, I mean, we had him on uh, Oilers Nation after dark once, talking, uh, recapping a game. Uh, great guy, doing great things in the game. And yeah, you're right. The, the hype that surrounded him uh, was unbelievable. Could you imagine his skill set in today's game like what he was doing or not today's game but today's society with social media like he every time he made a play whatever level it was on he'd be going viral yeah like he, he'd he be huge he wouldn't have to be pursuing a career as a pro hockey player he could just be like a pro internet person <laughs> uh along the likes of guys like pavel barber and such that just do these insane things what they're capable of creativity and skill wise uh, he could he could happily make a living doing that these days, I think, because there's a market for it. So well, why not fill it? Yeah, I mean, well, well, I'm sure we'll talk to him about that. That you know, what if he was playing today or you know, born 20 years later? Uh, Robbie Shrimp on the Jason Greger show from two to six, low tide from noon to two, and of course uh, Kevin Carey is along with Brandon Douglas every morning here, 7 a.m. until 11 until we jump in for this hour. The text line, as I mentioned, one eight three three. 401-1440, we threw it out there. Uh, since the Canadian Brew House is offering a prize that features a chance to win tickets to a home opener of your choice in the NFL season next year, where would you want to go? And Coke Bottle says, Dallas, I've cheered for them since the Landry days. Coke Bottle, you must be pumped right now. The 40 nothing win over the Giants last night. Uh, I saw on social media Kadarius Tony of the Chiefs. Obviously, we know he had a pretty tough go on Thursday night, their season opener, but he was a former Giant, and Giants fans were letting him have it on social media. He bounced back last night after that loss and said, uh, yeah, Giants fans, uh, why are you quiet now? So uh, this is the beauty of social media. Let's everyone interact with each other. Uh, Brandon, a couple injuries we should mention here, just uh, for those who might have missed it. We talked about it earlier, but uh, Brees Hall, he is currently questionable. He did practice in full on Saturday for the New York Jets. He, of course, had the injury last year. I think it was against the Broncos. I had him in fantasy for a couple games, and he was just going off. Uh, a very good player when healthy, but you might want to exercise some caution there. Uh, Jets starting tackles Makai Becton and Dwayne Brown questionable. Uh, they both had some issues, and that kind of relates to the entirety of that, that Jets offense. When both of your offensive tackles could be hurt, that could be a, a problem. Uh, the Bills, a very good defense, obviously won't have Von Miller. Uh, but Micah Hyde also questionable. He was limited in practice on Saturday due to some back pain. So you know what? Aaron Rodgers, I mean, if there's a backup safety in there and he, he gets a chance to exploit it, he certainly will. Who are you watching for tonight's game? Well, it's a, it's a bit of a double-edged sword with some of those injury questions that you mentioned. The, the, the Jets O-line is, I think, one part of their team that is still really shrouded in, in question marks and, and uncertainty because it's the one part of the team that isn't rock solid. And now all of a sudden, two starters who, if, if they play, aren't going to be 100%, that gives some questions to Rodgers' capability to stand in the pocket and pick apart maybe this backup safety for the Bills. So uh, keeping an eye on the, the, the Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook situation in the Jets' backfield, we talked about it with uh, with John Macri from PFF um, just last break and about like how they're going to utilize these two very talented guys. And is it going to be a 50-50 split? Is one of them going to be used more in a, a third down role as a pass-catching back? 
that's something I'm going to really keep my eyes on. But I, I think everybody's eyes from around the league are going to be on Aaron Rodgers making his debut in a jersey that is not the the green and gold uh, from Green Bay. So just uh, just Rodgers in general, I think, will have my eyes tonight. And um, and then both teams run games because uh, it's the question marks of the, the Jets utilizing their two guys. And can the Bills actually have a run game outside Josh Allen this season? That that's it, right? Uh, I mean, that that's something that the Bills have we thought for a while. Can, can they really get that going at some point? Uh, stick with the run game. Uh, we talked about it for a quick second there. Obviously, for the Baltimore Ravens, terrible news for J.K. Dobbins. It looks like it's an Achilles injury, and he'll be done for the year. Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. But do you think they could potentially go out there and Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt? <laughs> I would certainly think it's got to be entertained as a possibility. I know they have a lot of faith in Gus Edwards, and he's performed well uh, filling in for Dobbins at different points, at different injuries and things, and had the lead back role at certain times. Um, and I don't know if this is super outlandish, but like there's still the, this trade market and, and uncertainty around Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis. Mm. Minnesota's first week without Dalvin Cook in there, I'm, Alex Madison is a very capable guy, but... I think they might want a little uh, a little more punch in the backfield and whether it be one of those free agents you named or the Jonathan Taylor trade option there there's a lot of teams that I think are going to be recircling back on some of these guys and and Baltimore at the forefront of that now without their their number one guy for a, another year really a sh- really a shame to see Yeah yeah I mean that that's actually a really good point Jonathan Taylor I don't know what the cost would be uh I, I'm assuming the Colts want a first. <laughs> uh, from from all accounts, the, it's a ransom is what they're yeah. asking for, and the, that's the reason he hasn't been traded is because no one's willing to pay it for a running back and, and a running back that wants to get paid on top of all that, which uh, we know across the league teams are very unwilling to do at this juncture, uh, much more opting for you know replacement-style running backs just to fill gaps uh, for a year or two, cycle them out and move and bring on the next one. So... <sighs> Jim Irsay, if he wants to resolve this situation with Jonathan Taylor, I think he's going to have to lower his asking price. And even if it's just to give a fresh start to the team, uh, and then, you know, he doesn't owe Jonathan Taylor anything in terms of favors, but getting him back on the field uh, would be a big favor owed to all of us as football fans because when he's (laughs) out there, he's awesome. So fun to watch. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, I don't know what they had expected. I know that the LA Chargers had given Austin Eckler an opportunity to seek a trade and they couldn't come to terms because the contracts solution, like teams don't want to pay running backs. And, you know, Austin Eckler, I mean, he went off yesterday. The fantasy owners that had him 117 yards, one touchdown, a little bit of a factor in the receiving game as well with 47 yards. I mean, that guy, I think a lot of teams would love to have him on their squad, but you know, how are you going to give him the extension? What's it going to be like? Uh, if, If there was a different market for running backs right now, you have to think that the Kareem Hunt and Leonard Fournette would be with teams already, but they're, the money's just not there, and I guess they, they must not be in too big of a rush. I think for Leonard Fournette, big time, he's got the Super Bowl already. He's not going to go play for a terrible team when he doesn't have to. He's made enough money to take it easy and, and pick where he wants to end up next. Uh, who knows? Who knows where that opportunity will come? But I would think the Baltimore Ravens would be a pretty good landing spot there. 
Uh, Jonathan Taylor, I, I think there was some news announced that he's going to be good to go week five, right? He's passed the physical already. I think I saw that as well. Which yeah. makes it just wonder, like, why Why did he get put on the pop list? It, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I'm sure, I'm sure that's going to get figured out and uh, he'll probably be on the move. Uh, we've got a, a V Greg. VR Greg? VR Greg, yes. First time texting in the new place. Thank you, VR Greg, for, for tuning in. I remember you from the old place. Strutty must be in hiding today. P-U. Yeah, the New York Giants did not look very good last night. Talking fantasy. I mean, I don't know. If you started Daniel Jones on your team, you're probably just hoping that he can pile up some rush yards. We know he's got that sort of skill set. The Waller hype was unbelievable this off season. Maybe it was just in like the circles that, that I run with, but a lot of people were really high on Darren Waller coming over from the Raiders. He had three receptions for 36 yards. I mean, he gave you a little bit, not much, uh, five targets. But in a game like that where it gets just out of hand, it was 16 nothing after the first quarter, 26 nothing at half. Uh, I think game plans kind of go out the window especially when you're the Giants. I mean, you got to think we want to run Saquon. We want to control the clock. And then all of a sudden you're down 16, nothing. And the passing game kind of becomes a necessity. What wasn't very good for the New York Giants, but uh, for Stretty, I, I hope they bounce back. I would, Brandon, I, I said this yesterday. I would rather lose like that than lose in the fashion the Chargers did because my heart was just, it was broken. Like my, my my gray hairs got a little bit heightened. Like I just if they're if, if you're gonna lose lose in the first half and take away the stress. And it, I think it's the <laughs> extra. I mean, obviously the magnifying glass on it being Sunday night football, and there is no other games for people to be distracting themselves with. So if you were a Giants fan, like uh, I'm sure Struddy was glued to his couch for the whole game, regardless of outcome. It's uh, it's it's unfortunate, but at least this way you can just say like there was nothing good to take from that game, and and. The phrase goes, bury the game film, you know? Uh, you just throw it out and, and start fresh. Whereas in the Chargers situation, like you said, a heartbreaking loss like that with so many lead changes and back and forth and and questions about, like, play calling and execution, th- those ones tug on the heartstrings even more. Exactly like you said, it's it's difficult and frustrating, but that's being a sports fan. Yeah, I mean, hey, that's what it is. J.C. Jackson, you got you to gotta earn my trust back, buddy. His pass interference at the end of the first half to give – Give the Dolphins three points, and then you go on to lose by two. Uh, absolutely tough. Uh, it is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. I apologize for the Chargers, you know, airing out my grievances here. That that's, might just some, be something that happens every week when they lose in heartbreaking fashion. Uh, Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here. Of course, I'll be at the Canadian Brewhouse, Lewis Estates location tonight for Monday Night Football as the Bills take on the New York Jets. There's a lot of hype surrounding that one. Uh, really looking forward to it. Uh, Mike from Vegreville says, how long have Leach think Tannehill will get in Tennessee? That's interesting. I mean, you've got Malik Willis. Uh, you got the Mayo man there. Uh, I think there's a big drop off from Tannehill to those guys right now. I think, you know, as the seasons, the game goes on, maybe, just maybe they close the gap on him. But I think Tennessee sticks with Ryan Tannehill. Uh, also, uh, the Stair Farmer chimes in. Awesome show again. Glad to hear you, these guys, familiar voices back on the radio. Stair Farmer, thank you very much. Uh, that's going to do it for us, Brandon. Another hour down. Another showdown. And uh, Brad Slater just confirming we will have Warren Moon joining Jason Greger today at 3.20. So tune in 
One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Warren Moon, on the Jason Greger Show at 3.20 today. Uh, that's going to do it for us. For Brandon Douglas, I'm Connor Halley. Thank you for tuning in to Fantasy Frenzy on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Also, shout out to the Canadian Brew House locations as well. A great spot to go out and watch Monday Night Football. Let's get to a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. WilhawkBeefJerky.com. Here's Brandon Douglas.